Hello, welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 90, 9-0. Starring Jimbo. And Fisher. And the episode title is Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere. Uh, shall we just get straight on with it? Yeah, let's get on with it. So, um, I had a couple of different ideas for this. I, w- I was going to go with Road to Nowhere, because it's obviously the roadmap out of lockdown we're going to hear tomorrow from Boris Johnson and what his plans are with that. So I thought, Road to Nowhere, there's obviously the Talking head song, but then I thought, there's the Max and Paddy song. What an easy song to rewrite. So I thought, the Max and Paddy one works best, so we might have got two songs today. It might play us out with one as well, but I'm going to go with the Max and Paddy one first. Are you ready? Yeah, come on, let's listen to it, Jimbo. Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere. Well, we don't know where... That's the wrong one. This is Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere, the Max and Paddy version. Don't know where we're going, got no way of knowing Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere. Furloughed for your living, keep your drinking in your kitchens, Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere. And we don't take advice from anyone, we might let you out to have some fun. We're Boris and Matt, Matt and Boris, and best of all we waste your income tax. There you go. Uh, Boris Johnson's Road to Nowhere, because of course that's what we're going to hear tomorrow. So find out if there's actually, if there's anything to look forward to, I suppose. Who knows? Yeah, um, we'll see what uh, his roadmap looks like. Turns out it might just be like, um, you know those maps that you used to get sort of when you were a kid? Do you think you might have just sort of uh, got a <laughs> piece of paper and wiped a tea bag over it, then burnt it on the sides and that kind of thing? That might be the maps that he's found. Yeah, treasure map, X, X marks the spot and all that. Anyway, yeah. time for breaking news. Shall I start us off, or do you want to start? Um, yeah, I've not really got much in the way of breaking news, because, you know, I'm not allowed to do much. I'm wearing a jumper that uh, my lovely wife bought me for my birthday. You look like you're on Star ago. Trek. Um, yeah, to be honest, that's probably not the best way to describe the jumper that my wife bought me for my birthday. I'm honestly, by slagging it off there. So. <laughs> I'm not joking. I think it's you a, know what I mean, I think though. it's a lovely jumper. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's, it's very cosy. Uh, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice and warm. It's got a... It's got a polo neck or a turtle neck, depending yeah, on what you want to call it. I, I can. I never get. I'm never sure about like what they get called these because sometimes you say polo neck, sometimes a, a, a vein, not neck obviously, but sometimes a turtle neck. People don't seem to like a polo shirt. To me, isn't always what a polo shirt should look like. Yeah, good point. Actually, I just I expect know. lots of I mean, like hole mints with holes on them everywhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, it smells very minty around the collar, so I think it is a polo neck. Yeah. Yeah. Would be my advice. Right, anyway. Doesn't smell like a turtle anyway. Sorry about that one. <laughs> Not that I've ever smelled a turtle, so I don't really know what one looks like. So... So, go on, Jimbo, yeah. what's happening with you? Oh, well, my, you might remember last week I said that um, I was about to win a bet. Oh, well, I, I had a good chance of winning a bet. So, last yeah. week, before, as we were broadcasting, we were waiting for the, the, the game that was about to kick off was Man United versus West Brom. And yeah. uh, there was three of us left, left in a, a last-man-standing competition. Um Two of them had gone for Man United to beat West Brom, and I'd gone mm-hmm. for West Ham to beat Sheffield United. Which I, and I thought I'd gone, I'd the, I was the one who dropped the ball there, and I thought it's going to be me losing this week. But as it happened, West Brom drew with Man United, and then it came to the it came to the Monday night's game, West Ham against um, against Sheffield United, United, and I thought, well, this is it. Like if, if West Ham win, I've, I've taken home the, the money, the two hundred and thirty pound, whatever. So what I decided to do. Um, was was kind of lay the bet off a little bit and uh, make sure I, I came out with something. So I put fifty pound on Sheffield United to win just in case. But it meant I came out with a healthy hundred and eighty, which is good. So I'm. I, All right. And but, so, uh, but, but back uh, to your on, fantasy, I thought, yeah. So I thought you were playing football, not darts. 
Ah, very funny. When he said he came up with the healthy under 80. Yeah. Or am I getting confused by the whole thing? Apparently it is a turtleneck that you've got on, by the way. My mum says. Oh, okay. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Jimbo's mum, for, yeah. for the... Polo... Maybe we should get her on the show as a fashion consultant. A polo neck is higher and folds over. Higher it's than just that? Over. You wouldn't be able to see your face if it was higher than that. Yeah. I mean, I can do that. Sure, that makes it polo neck as opposed so, to turtleneck. So it's do we know if this... So is this, is this a polo neck, then? We don't know now. I don't know. We're going to have to wait for a few months to get back in touch and let us know. But yeah, it's, it's fair to say I can fully cover my face with this, probably. That's quite a good thing yeah. for... The, that is actually a really good present. You could just go into the Asda like that. Good point. I've not thought about that, could I? I mean, you can do it with, <laughs> with those shirts. I'll tell you what, I saw someone in the Asda the other day, and obviously the rules are very clear um, that you should be wearing a face mask, and there's huge admission if you're not wearing a face mask. Uh, and there was one fella who came into the Asda who wasn't wearing a face mask. And I suspect if it was probably my size, someone, a member of staff would have come up to him and said, you've got to make sure you wear your face mask. But do you know what? It wasn't my size, Jimbo. It was absolutely massive. It was <laughs> the, probably one of the biggest, strongest blokes you've ever met. Um, and funnily enough, no shop assistant decided to go up to him and put his face mask on. Right. Um, so you can get it. Another example, you can get away with something if you look a bit uh, a bit stronger, a bit intimidating. Mm. Well, we're going to talk it. We're going to be doing a bit of a quiz about disguises and so on later on. Uh, because of various things that have been happening because of uh, people wearing masks and things for COVID mm-hmm. and so on. So we've got a bit of a quiz coming up about that uh, later on. My okay. other bit of breaking news is that uh, I have completed my pub shed, garden shed, an old converted shed into a pub. And I'll not say too much about it now, but I have actually got an advertisement, paid for advertisement on this podcast to advertise it because Daryl's not available today. When you say paid for, you mean... Not a paid-for advertisement, just a normal spoof advertisement we've got, unless someone's actually paid for it. <laughs> well, I, I recorded yes. it myself. I did I did it for free. Right, okay. So it's paid for, but the, the, the amount paid just happens to have been zero. Labour. Yeah. Paid for in labour. Okay. Hard work. Uh, okay. Well, I think labour have been hard work over the last few years, certainly. Yeah. All right. So, Are we doing drinks? Uh, yeah, I can do drinks. What have you got? What have you got? Uh, well, should we go with mine first? So I've got some, I've got some lager today. Uh, I've got some Budvar Czech, Czech lager. Um, from well, it's called Budweiser. I mean, that's the that's the big discussion at times, isn't it, as to what Budweiser really is? is it the American stuff, the old was up, as uh, they've said in the adverts, or is it the Czech version? I quite like the Czech version. And are they completely are they completely separate? They're, they're not linked in any way, are they? No, not as far as I'm aware. Um, I should really have uh, actually done a bit of um, a bit of research in relation to this, but I haven't because I've literally just picked it out of the fridge before we started. I can confirm, by the way, you are wearing a polo neck. Oh, thank you very much from the new fashion consultant. Um, so, I mean, she got me worried then that for a few moments I was wearing a turtleneck and a polo on it. Did, uh, did your mother think this didn't have a fold on it? I think that's what it is, yeah. The fold is disguised. Um, yeah, so it's, I've got some Budvar uh, Czech lager from the Czech Republic, which I don't think it's called the Czech Republic anymore, is it? Is it called Czech- Czechia? Is that the name of the country now? No idea. I'll have to check. Um, I'll have to check. <laughs> um, so, there we go. Thank you very much. Cheers, Jimbo. What have you got? I am on uh, some... It's from the Free Assembly Brewery, which is... I am not sure... Oh, it's in Germany. And it's it's called Dry Hopped Wheat. So I, I've got a couple of bottles of these, and I've kind of been leaving them because I'm not sure I'm going to like them. Because it's not normally my thing, wheat beer. Not to say it's a bad beer, because people really like wheat beer, but I just don't think I'm going to... I'm going to like this one. So, But I thought I've got two bottles to get through. Well, I'll have one today. Because you never know, I might be pleasantly surprised. Um, let, anyway, and I'm going to have it as well in this, just to give them a little bit of a shout out. Uh, right. A Sheffield Distillery SA Gin and Vodka 
uh, glass. Uh, I think the thing prefer to call himself Assay as opposed Assay. to Assay. I mean, Assay. They're, they're not they're not writing a long uh, yeah a long bit of coursework for anyone. There you go. Uh, so I'm going to have it in that. I couldn't really have. Well, I suppose some people would have a gin at this time, but uh, not for me. I'm not. You know, but but I, I appreciate that we have got an amazing distillery just around the corner. So there you go. You can see the colour of it. And I think I can tell, yeah, it is, it is going to be one of those beers that it's not normally up my street, but it's worth giving a go. Okay. Maybe I'll drink well, it slower. Maybe I need less. I need to go to the toilet less then. So this is probably yeah. a good thing. That is all part of trying some of these beers. And no point just trying the ones that you like. You know, if you try no. something else, you might, uh, might turn out you like it. Yeah, in this case, not really. But uh, that's because I don't like wheat beers. I could not, you know, somebody else might really like it. So if there's anyone listening who wants it, don't. The other bottle of this um, dry wheat hopped beer from the Free Assembly Brewery in Germany, then give me a shout mm-hmm. and I can donate that to you if you're a big wheat beer fan. Because I certainly won't be having the other one. Uh, anyway, uh, should, we, should we move on? Uh, yeah, of course. Are we all good to do the uh, show and tell? Do you want to start with that and get going? Um, yeah, short turn this week, I'm, I'm hoping, because I haven't yep. got anything prepared. So. <laughs> so, Although I did, I did think of something yesterday, um, which is, is in relation to the sort of theme that I've got partway through the programme. I suppose we didn't, just just move, before we move on to this and finish up with this breaking news, the applications are now in for Pointless, by the way, aren't they? They are, um, yes. We have fully applied for it. And Fish, we'll see Fisher, where we, uh... Fisher left me a grand total of about an hour to put my application in because he submitted it, not knowing that I also had to submit an application as well as the second person uh, who, yes. who'd be on the show. So I had to quite quickly... Get some get things in. I did write on there about uh, a few things with us, like about how uh, I once nearly uh, set you on fire or electrocuted you or whatever in a science experiment. Oh, man, imagine if that appears, and that's one of the questions that get that gets asked when we're <laughs> on pointless. Did, did you talk about you appearing as a question on pointless? I did. I mentioned it briefly. Yeah. 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 Um, See, so I thought that'd be quite quite good. I mean, I can't imagine as many contestants on there who've appeared as a question on pointless just mm. on the regular version. So. Yeah. Right. So show and tell time. My show and tell this week is this. It's a CD. You don't see many of these these days, do you? Oh no, not 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 the cause by the looks of it. Is that the cause? It is say? the cause. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's not the so that's not the drink. Um, yep. uh, that is that is the band, the Irish band, the cause, mm-hmm. and it's their album in blue. Um, I should have probably done some research here about when it was actually released, that album. But uh, imagine yeah, maybe so late if, 90s. If people are, yeah, I mean, if people are unfamiliar with CDs, it's things that people used to listen to a few years ago. It's um, it's circular and it's got a hole in the middle, so it looks rather like a polo, or as your mum would say, it looks quite a bit like a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Yeah, and, and you put them onto um, these players, don't you? And then you put like a needle on top of it, and then that just scratches yeah. it to bugger, <laughs> and then it won't work anymore. No, that's the wrong kind of thing. Anyway, CD. So the course CD. There's two stories behind this. One of them's true, one of them's false, as always. Just to let you know, uh-huh. this album was released in 2000, and it has got hits on it, such as, I think it's got some of their popular ones on, um, Breathless, Irresistible, Give Me a Reason, All the Love in the World. Uh, probably the main tracks from the singles from this particular album. Okay. So, in any case, in any of the uh, reasons, by the way, that I'm going to give both of... Uh, this CD is one of my dad's favourite albums. He loved the cause mm-hmm. and he liked this which, album. Which one did he like the most out of the cause? Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, what one of the you talk about one of the songs or one of the one one of the one of the uh, singers? 
Yeah. Well, they were, they were sisters and brothers, weren't they, I think? Well, there was one, one of brother. them was a brother, but the yeah. other three were sisters. Yeah. Um, I think, isn't isn't the brother um, quite a keen um, anti-mask-wearing person who's sort of um, you know, talking about the government's rolling out 5G and all that sort of stuff? No, he doesn't. So he's uh, a bit of a conspiracy theorist. I didn't, I didn't know that. I believe so now and I, okay. yeah. Well, it's nothing to do with him personally anyway, but... So it is one of my dad's favourite CDs, but what is the story behind this CD? Story number one, okay? I got this stuck on my thumb on a on a on a holiday to Wales in about two thousand and five. I got this stuck on my it was in the car and I got it stuck on my thumb. Are you sure it was your thumb? Sure it was. Number two before you quiz me a bit more. So reason number two is this CD was an excuse I used when spilling a cold glass of milk all over my brother Jack when he was asleep. Right. Okay. So the two very different things there. So would you maybe like to try putting that on your thumb again? Well, I've, obviously I'm a bit bigger now, um, but it does. It, you can kind of get it on, but it's a bit of a yeah. It's a bit of it a won't squeeze. go over the won't go over the joint. No, because okay. just gone to the end of my nail. If that if you can see that okay. there. So, at what point did your thumb grow to the extent where it's it, it has outgrown the middle of a CD? Can you remember that particular well, growth spurt you had? It it was well, I was I was at the time I would have been quite I would have been what two thousand five would have been sixteen seventeen. So I was a little bit smaller than what I am now. Um, it might have been my finger actually. I can't remember. I seem to think it was my thumb, but it might have been my think my finger. I'm not sure. But it does go on. You could I could still get that stuck um, yeah. even now. Okay. Um, With enough force, so it certainly can get stuck on a finger. Yeah. So what did your what did your dad say at that point in time? Well, he was in a shop in Wales, like in a he was doing this because he was staying in like a cottage, so he was doing like a Uh a quick food shop. He said, "Wait in the car," and I was sat in the front, and that was in the sort of side panel thing, and I just Uh picked it up and I was just messing around, not really, you know, talking to my brother in the car or whatever, and. I got it stuck, and I was sat there trying to get it off for ages, and then oh. I didn't, I didn't say anything at first because you know you'd, you only do something stupid, you don't kind of own up to it straight away, so do you? So wiggle it off. Yeah. I kind of sat there, and uh, he was like, "What, what are you doing with that?" And I went, "Oh," and and eventually I had to tell him it was stuck, and oh. uh, we looked at various options. I had to have it on in on my finger all the way in the car back to the cottage because it wouldn't come off on my thumb wherever it were, and uh, obviously we didn't want to break it with it being my dad's favourite, and it wasn't as easy mm-hmm. to get CDs, and I, I mean it was a bit easier then, I suppose people were downloading but my dad weren't really into music downloads and stuff at that stage so he didn't want to really ruin this cd so we uh, ended up using a, a variety of different um lubricants lubricants fairy liquid a bit of vaseline and eventually it came yeah. off and it's, it's, it's only resurfaced recently actually because i found it in a box of old mega drive games all right okay. um why would it be in the Mega Drive games? Very much it, cartridges. There's and... just—I don't know. There's just there was a lot of a lot of random bits in the box, but most of the stuff was uh, Mega Drive games. Okay. Um, so was it? Was he angry at that, or was he? Was he all right? Was he, he, yeah. Well, he was a bit annoyed. He was just like hmm. bloody idiot sort of thing, messing about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he says that to you quite a lot, anyway. I think, oh yeah. He, um, yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of, so I'm assuming there was no particular lasting damage to either your finger or the CD, and it was just kind of. Everything was all right. We wiped the fairy liquid and Vaseline off the CD. I mean, how can you have Vaseline anyway? Well, it's just, uh, I think my dad kept it in the car, actually. 
really. Okay. Mm. It's useful. Right. It's a useful thing for for when you're doing engineering and stuff. If you need to fix anything in your car, Vaseline tends to be quite useful. You know, when you're tightening things up and stuff like that. All right. Okay. Surely not for tightening. Surely, surely Vaseline do quite well, the opposite. Well, no, you know what I mean. So it for, loosens things. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. yeah, or if you have a scratch, you're supposed to put Vaseline on it to protect it until you get it fixed. All right, okay. No problem. There's a tip for you. Um, there. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, the last time I actually saw your dad when he was at work, um, he had to, I bought a car polisher off him. So, that's all right, okay. Mm. Um, so the second option is that you used it as an excuse to pour some milk over your brother. Not quite. I used it as an excuse as to why I poured a cold glass of milk over my sleeping brother. Okay. So, why did? What were the circumstances around you pouring a glass of cold milk over your sleeping brother? Well, look, at a certain time, um, my we, we uh, kind of like for a very brief amount of time in between, sort of moving houses from one house to another. Um, we moved into a slightly smaller house um, until I moved out and went to live with my mum, actually. And uh, Jack, for a while, uh, slept downstairs. Uh, so just so he had more space and my brother had more space because he was in his last year at school and all that kind of thing. So we just, to give ourselves, I had my own room, John had his own room and, and Jack, they did used to share, but then they kind of got to the age where really they didn't want to be sharing rooms. So Jack just used to sleep. We had a special pull out bed sort of thing downstairs. And that was probably for mm, probably a couple of months before I, I moved out and uh, then everyone had more space. I went to live with my mum in the same sort of area, yeah. in High Green, Chapertown area. Except for my mum who had less space because she moved in. Yeah, well, then she moved back out, so then I had loads of space. Oh, okay. So I move in, my mum moves out, trying to send me a message yeah. there. But anyway, so I was walking past my brother Jack, who'd gone to sleep in the living room. I went downstairs for a, a late glass of milk, because I used to have a glass of milk before bed. Kind of stopped doing that now. And I was walking past, and I had this cold glass of milk, and I saw Jack and his big back <laughs> just, just there. <laughs> And I uh, thought, wouldn't it be funny if I just sort of put this cold glass of milk against his back and see what he does? And I did. And he jumped up. (laughs) (laughs) Milk went everywhere. (laughs) So as an excuse, I was just trying to get this CD. (laughs) And this was a CD. And uh, that was my excuse as to why why there was milk everywhere. (laughs) Does does your brother Jack know that this... This was what happened. You intentionally did that. <laughs> I don't know if Jack believed me. I think it was more my excuse to my dad, <laughs> my dad as to why Jack's really angry and there's milk everywhere. <laughs> what did your dad? Did your dad say? Well, this is that's my course CD. Why are you trying to listen to that? <laughs> well, I just panicked. I just needed to grab the nearest thing I could, and that was the yeah. first CD. I, I just, I just, I just needed this. <laughs> was I think it was in a case at the time. I would say as well. Was was your dad upset by this whole thing? Was Jack upset? Did you tell them to stop crying over spilt milk? I think he, I think he bought it actually in the end. Okay. Um, he, he, he he actually believed me. Yeah. And we're talking. This is what so twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. A long joke in the making. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, when, when did he last speak about this on this particular <laughs> subject? Never. <laughs> so there's a genuine chance that Jack might be watching this. Oh yeah, the truth yeah. Well, he, he chips in, doesn't he? Time. He helps out, doesn't he? He chips in and he uh, he helps out with our adverts. But a, yeah. he might now finally have got the answer as to why he's got <laughs> why he's covered in freezing cold milk in the middle of the night. Did, did he not feel quite remorseful about the whole thing? Well, uh, later on, at the time, it was just very funny. <laughs> it's funny now yeah. if that's yeah, well, a, if yeah. that's the right answer. If that's true. If that's true. Um, okay. 
So what? It could just be a massively like over the top because I, you know, I might not be able to think of any other reasons for having this course CD. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you've got two very different things there. Um, one common theme that runs through it is your own stupidity, which is obviously quite plausible on, on both accounts. Um, I suppose one common theme is your dad getting quite annoyed about your behaviour. Again, probably another running theme um, that's, again, fairly plausible. Do I think you'd be that mean to do it to your brother? I don't think you would do it to your other brother, in all honesty, but maybe to Jack, your youngest brother. So what did he sleep on? Was he just sort of asleep in the living room? Or? It was like a fold-out sofa bed sort of thing, so it folded back into a sofa and then out again. Yeah. Um, was it a double bed type thing? Or was I think it so. Yeah, it was a big one. Okay, needed to. Well, be. I'm just sort of. I'm just wondering how you managed to. With it, if it was a double bed, how how could you possibly lean across him? Isn't that a bit? It weird might have been more over my side, the, the side that I was walking past. Right, and you saw him there with his, with his back out, bed, with his back on display. I, mean, I suppose look, it was just his back, really. But <laughs> um, and you decided to. Did, did, did you just? Press the glass against him. Yes. Um, um, how? Who cleaned the milk up? <laughs> I think it was me. I think I was like, we'll sort it out. Never mind, Jack. Yeah. You took responsibility. Yeah, my dad wasn't. Know? My dad wasn't in at the time. All oh, right. Okay. Um, okay. So I think we're. Yeah, I'm surprised didn't just sort of get up and hit you, basically, or something like that. <laughs> or do you not feel inclined to do such a thing? No, but you were just more in uh, in a state of shock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so are we ready to give an answer? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm going to say it's the second one. I'm going to say you, you pressed some milk against your brother. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think it had to be, didn't it? There was just there was too much detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was that, that would be too difficult to make up. But, uh, but I had to go with something as stupid as the getting it stuck on my finger. So, but yeah, yeah, there you go. And I'd like to issue a formal apology all these years later for the uh, yeah. spilt milk cold mm. milk on back incident to my brother Jack. Yes, well, I apolog- I'm sorry to hear it, Jack, that your brother did such a terrible thing to you. Um, was, it, was, it, was it semi-skimmed or full I, fat? Or? Uh, no, I think semi-skimmed was the uh, the milk in our house at the time. Well, so it was that 1% stuff that's kind of neither, neither semi or skimmed. Yeah. Neither. yeah. Well, that 1% stuff is like half milk, half water, and I think mm. it's sort of well, that's really thin and weak. The, 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 I, was just... <laughs> I could do a joke there about Jack sleeping and... Uh, but anyway, we'll not do that. <laughs> what, and being full fat, that's a disgrace. <laughs> Terrible. Right. Nah, I wasn't talking Just about get on anyway. with you. That might have been one of my favourite show and tells we've uh, we've ever done so far. But anyway. Uh, go on then, for sure. What have you got for me? Uh, well, I've got I've got some sad news that I, I heard this week. That's one of my favourite comedy writers, um, a gentleman called Ian Pattinson, died this week. Uh, now, I suspect you probably don't know either, Jim. Um, I suspect a lot of people don't, because why would you? Because he just writes things and sort of sits behind in the background and just has created some fantastic jokes over the years and contributed to quite a lot of um, comedy programmes on the BBC. Uh, I, I, one of the programs that i enjoy listening to on the radio a program called i'm sorry i haven't flew uh, he was the head writer for for a number of years and well i think actually wrote it on his own for quite a long time in terms of all the chairman's jokes and links and all that sort of stuff and just some of the things he came up with was were, were very good um, which included some sort of quite tasteless uh sexual innuendos it's give uh, us a clue a different 
different show entirely. Give us a clue. It's a different program uh, entirely. Uh, Give us a clue. Tag it wrong in our uh, tag this wrong then in our episode description, but I can change that later. Yeah, so it gives gives a clue was a sort of like a charades program that Lionel Blair, Una Stubbs, and Christopher Biggins and a couple of other people were on um, back in the nineteen seventies, eighties, something like that. <coughs> oh, there were there were three. <coughs> sorry, All right? There were there were frequent mentions of gives a clue on. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Started in nineteen seventy two. So, so is it on... a bit of a sort of spoofy spin off? Then is that kind of where it might? No, not particularly. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. There used to be a, program, a radio show called I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again, mm. which featured um, Barry... Uh, well, it featured uh, Graham Garden, Tim Book Taylor, Bill Oddie from The Goodies, as well as some of the people from Monty Python. So I think John Cleese was in that as well. Um, a lot of these people came from Cambridge Footlights in the probably late 50s, early 60s. Um, and they went on to form television programs such as At Last, the uh, 1948 show, if you remember remember that, which I'm expecting you probably don't. Um, have, have you heard the sketch before, the Four Yorkshiremen sketch? Yes. Uh, so that I think that first appeared on I think I once saw it performed by some Barnes College student at a uh, event I was hosting. Yeah, possibly. Um, it's like quite a popular comedy sketch, but that was first on there, and I think that featured... Uh, John Cleese, Tim Buck Taylor, uh, with the other auction, Graham Chapman might have been one of them. Um, Barry Cryer, I think, played the waiter in that. And there's a group of people who sort of stayed to stay sort of around each other and they ended up producing a radio program called I'm Sorry, I'm a Clue, which first hit the scenes, uh, screen, that uh, screen, first hit the radios in, uh, 1972, I think. And the regular, Lineup for a number of years was Graham Garden, Tim Buck Taylor, Barry Cryer, Willie Rushton, who sadly died in the nineties, and it was chaired by Humphrey Luttrell, who passed away in the sort of late late two thousand. I think it's about two thousand two, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, something like that. And Jack D took over as the chair, and Ian Pattinson for about twenty five, thirty years did a lot of the writing on it, um, and I thought it was very good. So I thought, given yourself, Jimbo, or a, a man of fantastic. Um, comic um, ability i thought i would try and read out some of the jokes that he wrote and see if you can kind of think of the potential punchline for them if that's okay okay just as a bit of something different um to see where we, uh, should, see where we get to should we admit as well that you gave me a bit of advance warning about this didn't you so that i could have a think about it and uh yes. see if i can so i have i have uh, been thinking about it and i've hopefully got some decent uh, answers and maybe they'll match okay. with some of the actual punchlines yeah, I've got I've got a fair few of these, by the way. I think there's probably about twenty or so different uh, jokes that are out. Um, so, so strap in, it's up, going to be a long ride. It could be, it could be, it could be a long ride. And yeah, let's let's see how well this one goes. If it doesn't go very well, then I've got a joke that he used to tell um, if, at the end of it to finish it. So. If you need to wake yourself up mid mid way through, just get a cold glass of milk, press it against yeah. your, <laughs> against your back. <laughs> and and Jimbo apologised for it twelve years down the line. Yeah. So. He often did some jokes about Lionel Blair, who appeared on um, a show called Gives a Clue. An example of the joke he would have wrote uh, is, the undisputed master of this game was Lionel Blair, whose career sadly waned of light. He did, however, recently audition for I'm a Sober to get him out of here. Lionel's challenge was to sail a raft across a river with a small crew. But sadly, the raft hit a rock and sank. And what a look of horror there was in Ant's face as Lionel went down with both hands on deck. Brilliant. So... I just, just want to point out a bit of a uh, Leanne found the Jack story uh, with the milk very, very, very funny. Um, very good. As did we um, all this time later. Yeah. Um, thanks, Leanne. <laughs> so, she she's, she's really glad it's true. I think everybody oh, listening to that would have been, <laughs> apart from Jack. 
a bit mean, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just harmlessly getting your finger or thumb trapped in a CD. <laughs> so anyway, uh, line of left. Um, the original programme is no longer at. But the undisputed mind master who gives a clue is still lying on Blair. He now tours the country doing exhibition performances in bars and restaurants, but sadly last week's show had to be cancelled. Lionel's van broke down on the M6 and... The van had to be referred to councillors as it couldn't face another day with Lionel. I was going with the breakdown type of thing, it had a breakdown. That's, that's good. Um, the actual answer was Lionel's van broke down on the M6 and he had to be pulled off into a little shaft. Ah, uh, very funny. Yeah. I wasn't, so, I, wasn't, I wasn't as crude as that with, with this one at least, yeah. anyway. The next, the next, the next few aren't quite as crude, by the way. Okay. Um, so next one, the undisputed mind master of gives a clue was of course Lionel Blair. Lionel graced our TV screen for over forty years, dancing, singing, and telling jokes. Ah, sorry, that's Lionel Richie. Hey, that's all right. Well done. Um, that's not quite what it was. The the answer was Lionel has graced our TV screens over forty years, dancing, singing, and telling jokes are just three of the things that you could do instead of watching Lionel Blair. <laughs> good. I thought mine was pretty good as well. Yeah, well done. Um, The original Gives a Clue Mind Master was, of course, Lionel Blair. But there are many people who have never heard of Lionel as a song and dance man, nor people he worked with in the 60s. Uh, Sorry, I I might read that wrong, actually. Um, Sorry. The original Gives a Clue Mind Master was, of course, Lionel Blair. But there are many people who have never heard of Lionel as a song and and dance man, nor the people he worked with in the 60s. Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin were just four of those who... Had never heard of Lionel Blair. Oh, you well done. Sick. Bang. Exactly bang on. Well done, Jimbo. It took a little bit of reading, and then I worked it out what the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Quite pleased with that one. Congratulations. Uh, next up, uh, he also told some jokes about a fictional character called Samantha. Um, I would I would also say I've been to some recordings, and I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, but I don't want to talk about it too much because that might appear as a future show and tell as to what happened at a future recording. Okay. Um, but I've I've been to a few recordings. I'm sorry, getting tickets for them is very very difficult. Um, generally speaking, on the day that they become available, the tickets normally sell out from because it's a radio program. They record it in actual theatre, so they go to um, you know the Crucible, Lyceum, places up and down the country. Some of them in London, some of them in the North UK. Whenever they come around Yorkshire, I try and get tickets to it. Seen it a few times. Do they have different tickets celebrity and, panels and stuff then? Yeah. So nowadays, there's always at least one or two guests. So people who appeared on there, so Jack D presents it nowadays, people who appear on there regularly include uh, Rob Bryden, Rory Bremner, uh, Miles Jupp, Susan Kalman, Do they have Andy some local Hamilton, people depending Richard on Osman. where they're going? What was that, sorry, Jim? Do they have a few local people depending where they are as well? So would, uh, if they is, come to yeah. Sheffield, it sounds like the type of thing that Bernie, I can't remember his second name now, the Radio Sheffield presenter, comedian from sort of Yorkshire area, Bernie. Was on, Bernie think, Clifton? Yeah, that's one. Bernie Clifton, yeah. He might have been on it. Yeah. No, he's never presented it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it, it's generally got fairly well-known comedians. So I've seen Richard Osman on it, um, Miles Jupp and Paul Merton, Stephen Fry, uh, amongst others. Uh, people who've been on there, Harry Hill, um, quite popular nowadays on there. Um, and there is a fictional person on there called Samantha, and she often has rude jokes told about it. Unfortunately, um, the, the snowflakes in this day and age mean that uh, they can't tell those jokes anymore. And But we're still so, going to. We're still going to, yeah. Um, so an example would be, Samantha tells me she has to nip off now to meet a new gentleman friend who's been ringing her all day in a grumpy mood. Despite being very busy, Samantha says she always has time to find, handle his testy calls. <laughs> so, Samantha tells me she has to nip out now to meet a new gentleman friend at the local hospital where he's an anaesthetist. He promises to introduce her to some of his patients, and later, Samantha is hoping he'll let her help him... Stick his needle in? Oh, close. It was, 
Samantha is hoping he'll let her help him knock one out. Oh, okay. Not far off. I've done well, well. Um, that could be a future one, to be fair. Mm. Samantha has to nip out now, as she likes to smoke fine cigars. Obviously, smokers are banished from inside of buildings nowadays, so she's often out the back to enjoy a... Oh, I, I kind of put blowing on a Cuban. Oh, pretty, yeah, very close, very close. Um, well done. You, you give yourself a tick for that. Uh, the actual one was, she's often out the back to enjoy a hand-rolled Cuban doorway. Well, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty much there, thereabouts. <laughs> my, my mum sounded ruder. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be fair, some of these, there's not really much of a double in the double entendre, to be honest. Yeah. It's quite direct and quite, uh, quite clear. I think um, the next one's easy, by the way. Okay, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we, we might have broached on similar jokes in the past. So Samantha has to be about now, as she's off to meet a new Welsh gentleman friend who's offered to drive around the coastal area. She hopes he's going to take her to Colwyn Bay and... Bang her in his van. Whee! There we go. Um, one that links into yourself, I think, perhaps, because it's somewhere you used to work, I think, this is yeah, it? Coming up next. Former uh, proud employee of Burger King. Yeah, Samantha is off out now to meet a new gentleman friend who's always tried to get her to eat a Burger King. Well, tonight she says she's going to take great pleasure in telling him exactly where he can... Stick his whopper. Stick his whopper, well yes. done. Yes! Next up, um, I think you might get this one as well. Yep. Um, Samantha, <laughs> Samantha nipped out to a gramophone library earlier um, because apparently one of the archivists had got his finger stuck in one of the records that was due to be played. <laughs> no. Uh, Samantha has to nip out to a gramophone library earlier and she's... And the eager assistants down there suspect she might be a country music lover. They got out every Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson record available. Well, in my experience... Mm, I wasn't sure, but I, I put she doesn't like Willie with Johnny. Uh, yeah, you, you, you're pretty much in the in the right ballpark. Well, in my experience, she's always been a big fan of Willie's, and she's got a whole box of Johnny's to work through. Uh, well, not far off. I won't give myself that one, though. Have you skipped one out, by the way? Um, have I? There's, uh, there's one about the, uh, oh, the, the orchard. The orchard. Yeah, sorry, the gardener one. Sorry, I do apologise. Samantha tells me she has to nip out now. As she's off to meet a gardening gentleman friend, she says he's recently planted an apple orchard with a view to getting a commercial scrumpy production. Samantha says that if forecasts are correct, he's going to be really big. Insider. Insider. <laughs> well done, Jimbo. Tell your filthy mind is working exceptionally well. See, those really. are the ones that I think I've done best with. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> rude jokes, brilliant. Uh, everything else is slightly cleverer. Mm, not sure. Yeah. Uh, so next up, you used to do jokes about. There's a pianist on, and I did say pianist then, by the way. There's a pianist on a sort of clue called Colin Sell, who is often the butt of jokes in terms of being very bad in terms of playing the piano. Which is a little bit unfair. Having seen him play, he's, he's all right, but he seems to have the piss taken out of him quite a lot. So an example would be when introducing Colin Sell. Piano accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell. Listeners may be interested to know that Colin was once asked by Errol Brown to play the piano for hot chocolate. And Errol said that if Colin was any good, he'd also throw in some biscuits. <laughs> so, piano accompaniment will be fired by Colin Sell. Actually, we have some rather exciting news about Colin. It's nearly 40, 40 years to the day that he took his first piano lesson. So, to celebrate, the teams have... Uh, I, I didn't actually have an answer to this, but I, I might just throw in there, buy him another lesson or something like that. Yeah, pretty oh, much, right, yeah. Right. I've offered to get him a second lesson. So I did that, that kind of that one was on the spot a bit because I left that one out because I was struggling at the time. But now you've read it back to me. Yep. Uh, next up, piano accompaniment will be fired by Colin Sell. 
Listeners may be interested to learn that some years ago, Colin came very close to winning the Leeds piano competition. I struggled with this one, and I just put, he, he broke down just outside Bradford or something like that. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, the, the answer was that piano company will be provided by Colin Sell at the piano. Incidentally, uh, oops, sorry, that's that wrong. Piano company will be provided by Colin Sell. Listeners may be interested to learn that some years ago, Colin came very close to winning the Leeds piano competition. If only I'd have bought two more raffle tickets. <laughs> That's good. So, next up, a piano accompaniment was provided by Colin Sell at the piano. Incidentally, we've just heard some great news. I'm very pleased to announce that the BBC have arranged a special collection of Colin's entire work. Which will be screened between 9.59 and 10pm, just before the <laughs> 10 o'clock news. Uh, That's very good, but it's, it's, it's not that, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, feathering the cap on that one. Uh, no, the answer is, accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell at the piano. Incidentally, we've just heard some great news. I'm very pleased to announce that the BBC have arranged a special collection of Colin's entire work. It's going to be bagged up and the council will collect it on Tuesday. <laughs> so, finally on this this section, piano accompaniments will be provided by Colin Sell at the piano. Colin was telling us recently that he was once asked to play the piano for Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, I didn't have an answer for this one, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what it was then. So, Colin was telling us that he once asked to play the piano for Sammy Davis Jr. What a great primary school that was. <laughs> I did think it might have been something to do with the junior sort of thing there, yeah. but yeah. So also, they did they give out spoof prizes? And I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Okay. Um, and so, for example, um, I'll ask you. I'll give the details of the prize, and if you can jump in and say what you think the prize is, that'd be great. An example would be this week's prize is sure to like every handicraft enthusiast who enjoys making their own Chinese food. It's this lovely set of knitting noodles. Yep, That's an example of it. So this week's prize. This week's prize will provide every Doctor Who enthusiast with an ideal accompaniment to their pasta meals. It's this tasty... Dalek sauce? Yeah, be close. Dalek bread. Oh, yeah. Dalek bread. You're pretty much. Oh, okay, fair enough. You're, you're pretty much there with that. You know, you've mm. done most of the heavy lifting on it. This week's prize is the thing that will uh, delight the small rodent enthusiast who likes to keep his pets minty fresh. It's this bottle of... Mouse wash? Mouse wash. Well done. Um... Uh, this week's prize would delight every keen horticulturist who wants to make their garden look bigger. It's this lovely... Ah, this is a struggle, but I went with lovely hedge trimmer. Mm, yeah, not quite. It's, uh, this week's prize will delight every keen horticulturist who wants to make their garden look busy, bigger. It's this lovely magnifying grass. Oh, uh, yeah. Very clever. So, And then finally, at the, so that's all of the prizes that they gave out. Uh, and finally, at the end of the show, um, they used to kind of like try and do some verbal... Word plays that sort of send you off down one route and then take you off somewhere else as it sort of as it closed the show. Uh, and I used to enjoy some of these uh, these quite a lot. So, um, for example, one of them says, "So, ladies and gentlemen, as the penguins of time relieve themselves on the iceberg of eternity, and the green grocer of destiny boots them out of the door." So obviously, you're making a joke that he's weaning on a lettuce as yeah. opposed to um, on an iceberg. So, so ladies and gentlemen, as the flaming meteorite of time smashes into the mighty comet of fate and we lose another popular high street store. Yeah, pretty much, you know. Hey. We've damaged £500 worth of washing machines. Or... Okay. So, next up. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as a goldfish of time swims round in the bowl of fate before being... Eaten alive by a Japanese man? Um, yeah, yeah well, not, not quite, but yeah, that's... Uh, Sushi, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, well, the actual answer was it uh, gets flushed down the U-bend of eternity. Oh, right, okay. So, you know, but a similar, similar kind of concept, yeah. obviously. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, there's only three left now, by the way. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, as a South African prop forward of time gets put into touch by the English Hustler of Fate. 
who explains she's not working tonight. Uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty much uh, close on there. Yeah, who explains that she's gonna have to charge extra for that or oh, right, okay. something like that? But yeah, so a rubbery reference there for people. Uh, There's only two left now. As the housewife of time adjusts her lipstick of mirror in destiny, sorry. As a housewife of time adjusts her lipstick in the mirror of destiny, and the cyclist of fate gets sent flying off his bike. Pretty much, yeah, gets uh, taken under the wheels of a four by four. So yeah. <laughs> and finally. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as a North Korean football manager of time calls up the sub of fate and his team captain points out... You shouldn't w- use missiles to win a game? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much bang on. What was the answer? Uh, well, yeah, pretty much that. Uh, you're not allowed to use nuclear weapons ah. during a game of football. I think it was the... Oh, I think I did all right there, considering. I was really worried about this bit, but I think I did all right. Yeah, I think you've done really well. I think you've uh, you've shown your skills there as as a potential writer, Jimbo, so well done. Brilliant. As uh, Ian, Ian Patterson would have said, <clears throat> so that went well. Off to the next part of the show. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've read that wrong. That went well off to the next part of the show. <laughs> Which is an advert for the new funky downtown garden shed pub. Are you ready? Go on then, let's listen to it. Ale and Audio, the pub, is now open at Jimbo's, but just for Jimbo. Ale and Audio is an exciting, funky new garden bar in the heart of Yorkshire, which was once an old converted shed. Due to the current lockdown restrictions, we have a strict policy on our clientele. If your name is not Jimbo, then unfortunately, you will not be permitted entrance to the bar. Sunday night is quiz night, a general knowledge quiz. Hot favourite to win this week is Jimbo. We have our live sports show in most nights of the week. Come down and see your favourite footballers such as Raheem Sterling and Mo Farah on the big projector. Or, if golf is your thing, then come and watch Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy and Gareth Bale on the green. Friday night is live music night. Come and hear Jimbo belt out a few classics. Saturday night is karaoke night, when anyone can get up and sing a song. Come and hear Jimbo belt out a few classics. We have beer on tap and lovely customers. One of our regulars, Jimbo, often goes in the pub late at night for a quick hand pull. Our friendly bar staff, Jimbo, is happy to help you. Although, he might not be there to help you as he recently barred his only customer for bad behaviour. Sounds alright that pub, doesn't it? Yeah. Although, to be honest, I don't really like the clientele that go in there. <laughs> you... I find them, yeah. Anyway, uh, on to the news then. We've got a, a few little bits to talk about, I suppose, haven't we? But the main thing, of course, is that uh, we should be finding out tomorrow, um, obviously, what everybody's waiting to find out. You know, everyone's going to be glued to their TV screens tomorrow evening uh, to find out what Boris is going to say about whether Jimbo and Fisher are going to be able to be in the same room to podcast again. Yeah, I'm just thinking, that I, I haven't physically seen you since you've... You... Drop something off at my house. Yeah. And that's probably ooh, nine months ago. Possibly bumped into you in Asda. No, I'm not sure you have. Mm. I'm not sure you have at all. I think you've actually seen my wife more recently, saw me, because she arranged to meet us so you could get that cufflinks. Oh, yes, yes. Stewie Griffin still stone back. And, yeah, and cricket ball. They have still not had back yet. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's probably certainly actually spending any meaningful time in each other's company now, mm. getting up towards being a year or so ago. Um, do you miss me? Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I see quite a lot of you. Yeah, I mean, still see you for about a couple of hours every week, sort of <laughs> nice one on one time. It's just a shame that other people kind of have to be parties to the conversation that we have. Otherwise, yeah. we talk about other stuff that we enjoy more, Jim. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Boris Johnson has obviously issued his roadmap. Um, it's been quite a busy week, I think, for Boris Johnson in general. He's been kind of 
reiterating that message of you must stay at home unless completely and utterly necessary. Um, and I saw him issuing that message when he was in uh, Cumbran in Wales, which is 140 miles away from where he lives. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much. He did give a good excuse, though. He just said, uh, <laughs> oh, I've just cycled here. It's just on, me, on my usual route, isn't it? Um, He's a, so, he, he, was, he was demonstrating how to wash a chair, wasn't he? Which did, it looked really unusual, didn't it? Uh, a few of my friends commented they looked like you were wicket-keeping um, yeah, rather than washing a chair. Quite, quite far apart. And, yeah. <laughs> just looked really weird, um, did it? Yeah, put the chair the wrong way. How annoying must it be if you've actually got an actual job to do where you're actually trying to save people's lives, you're trying to make our country better, you're trying to give people good quality health care, and at the same time you've got to try and look after Boris Johnson because he's just doing another pointless visit to one of these <laughs> places saying, I'm Prime Minister, I've got to see this, and you think, no, I'd actually rather help someone out and make them feel but, better and immunise them. But it, it, what annoys me about everything is why does everything seem to, you know, in terms of this roadmap... It feels like we've already heard it all, even though they've not actually said they're going to say anything until tomorrow. So there's somebody constantly leaking things to the press, isn't there? Unless the press are just making things up, but they're sort of saying that, you know, we'll be back in pubs by July. Uh, Today they said that they're going to have everyone, every adult vaccinated, or, well, at least offered the vaccination by the end of July. Um, Mm. Then they were saying things like they're going to let people into gardens and mixing gardens and stuff like that. Um, what I would say is it's just a good job that it's not uh, that Dominic Cummings isn't there anymore planning this road map because it would go probably from <laughs> London to Durham to a castle. Um, but yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, uh, what, what fascinated me? Uh, do you remember? I mean, we've been doing this podcast now for a number of years. Back when we first started in 2012, 2013, when we we're doing the podcast, um, I remember we told a joke about Oscar Pistorius. You remember? Yeah. And he was on trial for shooting his girlfriend, um, which he was convicted of. I think he's currently in prison, I believe. Mm. And uh, um, um, we made a bit of a joke um, with an OJ Simpson reference about him being in court, saying that his false leg did not fit, if you remember mm. that. Um, it was a good joke. I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was quite a good joke. But, you know, it's kind of... Um, that's kind of yeah, podcasters, and yeah, we can try and do that kind of material, and we're not sort of particularly responsible to anyone for, for what we say, and they, even if we do jokes are slightly in poor taste, then, you know, you can kind of, I suppose, get away with it a little bit. Uh, Boris Johnson was trying on a disposable <laughs> glove, and he said, this doesn't quite fit. Oh, look, it's like O.J. Simpson. Right. <laughs> um, and I thought that was maybe maybe a little bit in poor taste for a Prime Minister. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure what you thought. I mean, I, I, I was wondering at that, um, sort of looking at the difficulties. It's almost like that, uh, Boris Johnson should probably be, like, a comedy character instead. The jokes. Hold on yeah. a minute. Oh, oh, yeah, he is. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, like he used to be, don't yeah. you? Mean? Yeah. <laughs> it gets to kind of everyone's point in their sort of comedy career where they try and do a bit of serious acting and all that sort of stuff. And that's what we're doing at the moment, and it's just quite a bold move that he's taking. But yeah. I don't know whether it'll uh, whether it'll work it out. But yeah, no. I was watching Boris Johnson actually try and get this disposable glove on, and he, he was he found it really really difficult kind of trying to get it on his, over his hand. And he thought, I tell you what. I really wonder how he manages to put a condom on. Yeah, well, and I thought, <laughs> actually, I don't think he does. The... Yeah, this is the problem. Uh, um, mm. Matt Hancock said today that apparently uh, one in three adults have had the jab. Have, have you had the jab? I haven't had the jab. Have you had the jab? No. Is, is your okay. Has your wife had the jab? Uh, no. Oh, right, okay, um, fair enough. So, <laughs> Moving on. Uh, P- yeah. <laughs> well, should, should we talk about Matt Hancock, um, you know, being 
told him, oh, but it's been said in the court of law that Matt Hancock broke the law for not correctly disclosing who'd won PPE contracts and not being honest and open about it. So he has broke the law, hasn't broke the law. Uh, he has He has broke the law. Oh, right, okay. Um, there's the very clear guidance in terms of... I thought, it, I thought he got away with be. it from the from the news that I was reading, but... Oh, well, he seems to have got away with it because no one seemed bothered about reporting it. Um, yeah, there's not really been many calls for him to resign, which is probably fair enough because at the moment you probably don't want to replace the health minister in the middle of a global pandemic when they're trying to yeah, but it, and immunise people. But it is Matt Hancock, so... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he is useless, but at least he's... <laughs> At least he's at least he's useless with a reasonable knowledge of what's happening at the moment, or a reasonable knowledge of it. As he's probably got a little bit more knowledge than someone who won't have an idea of what's going on, um, is what I'm saying. But yeah, he, it was said that he broke the law in terms of not correctly um, disclosing who won PPE contracts, and uh, it doesn't really seem to have been promoted well, that much the, or, or mentioned on the whole, instead. The whole lot of them don't seem to bother with the um, sort of tender, sort of doing the sort of tender stuff, do they? Really, you know where they've got to. Um, put contracts I, out. Yeah, I can I can appreciate that at the moment it is a very very difficult time. We've got to try and get PP very very quickly, um, and you need to sort of accelerate the process a little bit. However, what I would say is that there are companies in this country who manufacture and procure and supply PP already to the NHS, and maybe we should use those companies and give them who've already won tenders with the NHS and give them more business. Bear in mind, it goes back into business in this country and keeps our economy flowing, as opposed to giving PPE contracts to someone just because they own Matt Hancock's local pub. Exactly. Or they didn't I, even oh, have a I'll website, did they? Apparently, this company that he gave it yeah. to. It's, we've got a I website. And we don't update got, it, but yeah, I mean, we've got a website, which is a bit more than what some people have got. I mean, you know, wasn't there a carpet manufacturer in Huddersfield who was given some kind of PPE contracts <laughs> of some form? I don't know. I mean, they seem to be giving it out willy nilly. But jumping back to uh, I'm not sure if you saw it in the news, so we mentioned OJ Simpson earlier on. Um, and do you know who one of his defence lawyers was? It was Kim Kardashian's dad, is that right? It was Robert Kardashian. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian, it is believed, is meant to be divorcing from Kanye West, um, which I, I find to be amazing. I'm really surprised by it because, I mean, last time I'd heard anything about how good a husband Kanye West was, um, it was an absolutely fantastic husband because, if you remember... Um, the hologram of Robert Kardashian said that at Kim Kardashian's 40th <laughs> birthday. Um, you know that thing that Kanye West paid for? Yeah. That wasn't actually that wasn't actually a dad, was it? It was it was a hologram, yeah, but it was, it was saying things that he didn't actually say. Yeah, he was saying things that Kanye West had made him say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it turned, turned out they're getting divorced. Who'd have thought that? What's mm. the chances? Whether he been such a great husband based on the um, knowledge that's been imparted by Oh, by Kanye West himself. La- last bit of news I want to finish with then is uh, people dressing as old ladies in America to skip vaccination queues because this is going to lead nicely into my next feature. Have you heard about that? Is uh, I haven't heard about it. Is that how you actually get? Do you, do you actually have to physically stand in the queue, and if they like the look of you, they'll bring you forward. It's odd, isn't it? It sounds like that. It sounds that way from from that particular news article. But yeah, apparently that's what's been happening, which led me on to think, well, this could be a great quiz. What other things have happened in the past where people have tried ridiculous disguises to get away with things? So that's where we're going next. Is that all right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 
times people have disguised themselves to get away with something, okay? There's ten questions in total. Number one, then. In 1995, a bank robber robbed two banks in Pittsburgh on the same day. Why was he surprised, though, when he got caught? A... He thought that his police officer disguise would help him go undetected, only that his police officer disguise was a stereotypical comic-style police uniform uh, to look nothing like a local police sort of uniform. It was almost like ridiculously comedy. Uh, B, he was shocked that rubbing himself in lemon juice before committing the robberies hadn't made him invisible to the CCTV cameras. Hmm. So what what year was this? Uh, 1995. 1995, hmm. So, yeah, I think information is difficult to find. I think nowadays you can find out anything, can't you, via the internet and Google and all that sort of stuff. But a few years ago, it might have been a little bit harder to to find stuff out and know some of this kind of stuff. So I think that, I mean, let's be honest, you should. You should know that that's not going to be, you know, you can't, you should surely know that you can't rub lemon juice on your face and make yourself invisible to CCTV cameras. (laughs) But then were CCTV cameras really around in 1995? I don't know. Could he have worn a police uniform that, that doesn't explain how. I I think he tried. I think he was disappointed that he rubbed lemon juice on his face and it didn't make him invisible. Well done, yeah. So he, I think he, he thought it was because you, you can use lemon juice with like invisible ink and stuff, can't you? I think uh, and so, I yeah. think he he just completely got himself it all mixed up and thought that actually it, he even looked at the camera and laughed because he thought he was mm-hmm. invisible. <laughs> Anyway, uh, number two, what did a British couple in Stevenage catch their neighbour doing on camera to get away with leaving his house during lockdown last summer? A, disguising himself head to toe as a bush, or B, trying to roll down the road in a wheelie bin? Um, I'm sure I saw a couple of videos where people stood inside wheelie bins or doing various other bits and bobs similar to that. Disguise yourself as a bush? I mean, surely people would think, well, that bush is moving. Well, it definitely can't be a person. It's just a walking bush. Um... I think, I think maybe, yeah, I think they might have done a walking bush. They might have dressed as a bush and walked off like that. Well done. Two out of two, the video's hilarious. I don't know if he did it for a joke, because surely, like, I mean, when you get to where you're going dressed as a bush, like, oh, it's all right, I'm here now, we can hang out together, but you dress as a bush, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, number three. Why did burglar John Walton from Gateshead try to disguise himself... um, well, no, what did he dress him? What what did he try and disguise himself as to rob his friend's house to claim back a five pound debt? Was it A, his friend's wife, or B, a forensic investigator? Right. Um, I think I'd be disappointed if my wife looked like one of my friends. In all honesty, um, or it was, or one of my friends was able to sort of accurately dress up as my wife and you know, and you fall, and for, it. fall for it. Yeah, and not realise it was there. Um, now. Forensic investigator, again, that's quite a lot of effort to go to. For, both both these are quite a lot of effort to go to for £5, surely. Um, I don't know, in, in the second one, did he sort of knock on the door and say, I've, I'm investigating a crime, and they come in your house and then sort of stole £5? No idea. Or, um, I think I think he might have dressed as a, I think he might have dressed as a forensic investigator and turned up. Well done. Three out of three. Yeah, he did. Uh, why he thought that would be a good disguise, I don't know. Number four, in July last year, what did some people do to hide from police uh, for having a roadside barbecue in Dorset? A, they disguised themselves as bird watchers, complete with gilets and uh, binoculars and everything. Uh, B, yeah. disguised their car with a camouflage tarpaulin. <laughs> Not like me last week. I came in disguise last week, didn't I? I was wearing camouflage. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Ooh, I can't find both, that. Both. I, you know, I took that T-shirt off and I can't find it anywhere now. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe your Jack would wear it so he doesn't get some <laughs> cold milk pressed against his back. Um, I think we dressed as a dressed as bird watchers. I mean, surely if you're having a roadside barbecue, you'd, you'd actually go to someone's house as opposed to just having it at the side of the road. You would have thought, or on some kind of communal land. Um, I think though that we're probably talking. That's camouflage card. Reminds me of. Do you ever watch that program Trigger Happy TV? Yes. I think he did it a few times where he pulled up in his car in front of a traffic ward and got a big camouflage thing, chucked it out of the car and then walked off and obviously <laughs> trying to avoid the camouflage. Fine. Could you have done that? No, I think they would have disguised themselves as bird watchers. No. Lost your 100% record, I'm afraid. You're doing well. Uh, no, they actually yeah, disguised the car with a ca- camouflage tarpaulin. Number five, mm. in May 2019 in Queensland, Australia, what did a burglar rob a store wearing? A, a Donald Trump mask. Or B, a Hugh Jackman mask? Um, well, they're both fairly fairly plausible. Um, Hugh Jackman is the greatest showman, and Donald Trump is the greatest. Well, I mean, you can fill your own blanks in there, <laughs> can't you? Um, is, is he on the comeback trail? I think he's going to start doing a couple of interviews again, isn't he, Trump? Is he? Um, I think so, yeah. Is his wife divorced him yet, do you know? Or Not is sure. that in the process of doing that? Or surely it can't be long until she gets tired of him. Yeah. Um, I think I admire the fact that she stayed with him for four years during his time at the White House, to be fair. Um, but that's how I suspect she was contractually obliged to, you would have thought. Um, so, Donald Trump or Hugh... Nah, it's, sure, it's going to be Donald Trump, hasn't it? I mean, we can get masks for Trump all over the place. I think he probably... Donald Trump, but I think he wore a red tie as well and had the wig on him. Yep, a Donald Trump mask. Uh, next then. In 2019, Google Street View were in the Netherlands doing their thing, you know, as they do. What strange occurrence did they pick up on a cafe, on like a street sort of cafe type thing in the Netherlands? A, a street where everyone was stood wearing nappies. Or B, a bar where all customers were wearing cardboard clocks on their heads. Um, so cardboard clocks, did you say? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Um, it is the Netherlands. Uh, I mean, if you have a... Have you ever seen anything interesting on Google Street View? Um, I have. I think only when people have told me there's something there. But I remember you pointing something out that was a bit strange on Google Street View once, didn't you? I pointed out that, uh, do you know John Burkill, the man with the yeah, pram yeah. in Sheffield? Yeah. He appears there near Park Hill Flats. My wife appears on Google Street View. A shame. Uh, near her. Yeah. Are you, sh- can... are you sure it's your wife and it's not me disguised not... as your wife? Oh, yeah, her face is blurred out as well, so... I think I don't know if the face is blurred out, actually. There's, there's her and one of the colleagues at work. They went for a walk at lunchtime, and they saw just the car going around with the camera strapped to the top Oh, yeah, it. no. I've seen it drive past me before, but I, when I when I went to check, I didn't see it. And that was ages ago when I worked at Barnsley College. Oh, right, so you kind of saw it from a distance. No, it drove right past me, but I, I didn't seem to... Maybe it wasn't turned on, or maybe it was just going to its next location. I, I don't know. I had a thought if it drove past you, Jim, it would definitely turn off. Um, I'd have... Yeah, yeah um, my wife, sort of, her and a friend, one of them's got a face blurred out and one of them hasn't, which is a bit strange, because surely you would have thought, well, mm. someone's blown one out, they'd blow both of them out, um, in terms of data, privacy and all that sort of stuff. Although it's quite... I don't quite know what the law's state in terms of it, it, it is quite identifiable as being her. Mm. I mean, I know it's her, so... And it does very much... You can sort of tell and, and see who it is. Um, although I suppose the man on the street probably probably doesn't, or I'd like to think so anyway. Um, so... The options were in the Netherlands, people who've got clocks on their head or people who are wearing nappies. Now, I think that... Did, did it say which part of the Netherlands at all? Mm, nah, not? not got that information down. 
Okay. I wonder whether it might be people wearing nappies. I think there might be some kind of stag do going on. No, it was, uh, it was, they was just all sort of stood there with cardboard clocks on the head and people were sort of yeah. wondering why that was the case. Mm. Not sure whether they'd, maybe they'd been informed that Google Street re were coming around and they thought, let's just do something really random. Let's yeah. just be our, let's just be our normal Dutch selves. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, well, yeah, so that's a strange one. Do you think, do you think if about... you went on Google Street View, like you went to LA or something like that or Hollywood, you, you'd, you'd be able to see, Celebrities walking around the streets and stuff. Uh, probably. I'm not sure why not. I mean, if, as long as celebrities are, are walking around on the streets, mm. sure there must be some famous people there every now and again. Because um, it wasn't wasn't the, the case once that uh, Michael McIntyre uh, had a picture of him tweeted by the Metropolitan Police. You remember this? Um, I think Michael McIntyre, the Metropolitan Police were sort of showing off some of the new quality CCTV cameras that they got, mm-hmm. and a really kind of high resolution and quite clearly. You can zoom in quite well and you can see the picture quite clearly. And I think Michael McIntyre was going into some kind of, he was going into a pub or he was just generally going about his normal life. And I think was entering some kind of premises that was, you know, a pub or a shop or a cafe or something that was of no particular interest. And the Metropolitan Police tweeted it and said, it's amazing. Look, we can even see this famous comedian who's <laughs> going into wherever he's going into. And I think Michael McIntyre complained saying, not sure I really gave you permission to tweet a picture of me, um, you know, particularly to the large amount of followers that you've got. I'm more than perfectly entitled just to go about my own life and kind of get on my own business without you tweeting a picture of me. So it is something that does happen. Mm. My favourite thing about Google Street View is that on a sunny day, uh, you can see the shadow of the Google Street View car and you can see like the, because it's got the camera on the top of it pointing out and you can see that sort of, sometimes the shadow of that forming on the road on the Street View as well. So I quite like it when that happens. Mm. I do also think it's quite funny where if you're going on a certain road you've basically got the same car in front of you all the way along yeah true um, mm. so i think yeah I find that quite it's a good way to look back at what car you used to have as well isn't it and stuff like that oh yeah. well that's before i put those flagstone down stones down yeah. on the front garden or whatever yeah i'm not i'm not sure but check your roof and stuff like that oh then you sort that roof out yeah so it's the same on the aerial picture oh that's the aerial ones, yeah of course yeah yeah mm. so the street view i think street view one now road's quite quite old we're talking sort of about 10 years or so old mm. um so, as well, the, the overhead view, every now and again when we've done bits of work, you can see how up to date Imagine if it was there, the, there the time that I came to get steal some of your items for the podcast. Yeah, zoom in on the Asda car park, yeah. whatever it was that, um, that you met. Anyway. Well, there we go. Anyway, let's move. Let's, uh, sorry, I've, not, I've answered this question. Yeah, I've answered this. Yeah, you answered that one, so it was a cardboard yeah. clocks one. Number seven, in May 2020, what did two, uh, two robbers wear on their heads uh, in Virginia to rob a store, a shop? A, reindeer antlers, which did not disguise their faces at all, or B, hollowed out watermelons? Uh, ooh, well, reindeer antlers, you think if you're trying to commit a burglary, a reindeer antler probably wouldn't be very good just in case you walked in and you couldn't, like, imagine if they got a revolver door there and you got stuck in it with the yeah. big antlers on, probably not a, a bright idea. I mean, that said, to be fair, um, the second option of holding out a watermelon probably isn't a very bright idea either. You could eat the evidence, Nonetheless. Though. I was going to say, you can do exactly that. Yeah, you can eat the evidence away and say it wasn't me. Um, I'm, so I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it's a hollowed out watermelon. Well done, yeah. I mean, it did disguise the faces. It was just a bit of a bizarre choice. Uh, next hmm. then. Um, back in November, what did Gizfab, a car parts manufacturer in Skegness, do? A, a customer said that he needed to hide car parts from his wife. 
So ask them not to put their logo on the packaging so not to get him in trouble. So they disguised the packaging to make it look like male sex toys instead. Or B, they made the news when they sent a part out to an angry, difficult customer that when a mirror light came on in the shade screen, it would display the message, wanker. (laughs) I tried to to sort of not like say it, but even if I said it with a slight cut in the middle, it still says... So I don't know if your sound dropped out then or not, or yeah. you just kind of very cleverly <laughs> editing uh, yourself when you said the word k. Um, <laughs> so I think I've I once heard from someone who um, I once heard from someone who was a worked as a prison guard at, at a relatively low security prison, and I think there was it was a common thing. You know, you know these prisons nowadays you get the televisions and all that sort of stuff, particularly for in the um, sort of lower category prisons and all that sort of stuff. They get to listen to the uh, Waste of Web Space podcast and everything. Uh, well, maybe. I mean, they might write. Well, I think that's part security. of the. I think that's part of the punishment, actually. Yeah, only the higher security people. Yeah. Um, and I know that what uh, a common thing they used to do is they write on the television screen in marker pen various offensive words, and you wouldn't be able to see it. But then when you switch the TV on, a light came on, then you could see the reflection on the words and you could see the offensive message that had been that had been left there so it's quite plausible but then would the i don't think they would i don't think that they would claim something as a male sex type for the sake of it so i think it was the second one and they would have sent something to a difficult customer that had an offensive message oh. no yeah they, they they made it look like he'd ordered a male sex toys instead um yeah. anyway that's not, i mean you're obviously not going to order from them anymore is he so they kind of might have yeah. lost a customer in that but anyway, it's all right. All the male sex toys that he orders, he rings up and says, "You send, make it look like his car park." <laughs> uh, what did police make the news for doing in Peru last year? A. They disguised themselves as a dance flash mob on a notorious street for crime, so they could secretly film the audience and try and capture the faces of wanted criminals. Or B. They disguised themselves as Santa and the elves and did a drugs raid. I mean, both fairly plausible, and both quite good ideas as well. So if uh... If they haven't done the other one, I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I don't know if... One of one of them is clearly a really good idea for myself, if the police want to get in touch yeah. and talk about that. Yeah, um, I would yeah, I would recommend doing that. I think that... I think... I, I don't know how much Father Christmas sort of plays a part in other countries and other cultures, particularly in Venezuela, I, I don't know. I think it'd be quite hot, just as Father Christmas in Venezuela as well. It's quite a warm country. I think you're quite close I said, to being I said, Peru, I said Peru. Oh, Peru. All right, okay. Well, Peru is very similar to same, yeah. um, Venezuela. Yeah, it's not South America. Well, same thing, isn't it, mate? Oh, same thing. Um, I think that... Uh, I think they might have filmed a flash mob. No, that's just my very, very good idea. Mm. So, you know, I'm mm. always always here with the ideas for, for catching people yeah. and so on. Uh, next, then. What was unusual about um, two American... This is the last one, yeah. Two American burglars disguised when they were caught in Carroll... Uh, that's not a person. That's a place in the <laughs> LA, in LA, in 2009 that hit the headlines. A, they were dressed as Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar, or B, they'd simply scribbled in on their faces with marker pen. Um, the ham, the, is the Hamburglar a character, or is that something you've made up? No, it was a character. The McDonald's. Oh. Um, you never heard of the Hamburglar? No, no. Mm. no. We'll Google him when you get a chance. All right, okay. Um, so it, was he mates with Ronald McDonald then? Was it was like one of the same sort of characters that, 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 that I think it was in the 90s were kind of the McDonald's sort of face of McDonald's sort of thing. It's a bit like when Sheffield Wednesday had three mascots and they realised that some of them weren't that good so they kept the good ones yeah. but got rid of them not so brought good a new, ones, yeah. Brought a new one in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, which I think probably just testament to the person that they kept really. Mm. Um, I think that could 
I mean, yeah, I think you probably could draw in your face in marker pen. And it is the kind of thing that would be a bit stupid and would catch you. So I think, yeah, they might have tried to cover themselves up by drawing a marker pen on the face. Well done. So I think you ended up with like seven or eight out of ten there, did you, maybe? Uh, well, I don't know how many asked, but I probably got about two thirds right, I think, probably. Yeah, not a bad haul there. Well done. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. And we move on. Nice short episode today. Um, of course, if you'd like to get in touch with us, at Waste of Webspace um, is our Twitter and Facebook accounts. If you want to track us down on there, send us messages, whatever, really, yeah. reviews. It, you know, if you are, you know, listening, if you're skipping through this, I suggest going back to the near the start of the podcast when we do the show and tell. And I think it was probably the best show and tell, maybe the funniest show and tell we might have had. <laughs> I'm still laughing about it now. Um, we could have never never told that story. I don't think until until yeah. today. Shame you didn't tell your Jack about it and kind of get him to reveal the answer like I did last week. Oh, that'd have been good. Yeah, I, he might not remember. He might not remember. He might have been really. He might be really cross when he hears about it. But anyway, uh, I'd, sus- I'd suspect he'll remember. How many times? How many times have you had some milk poured on your back? <laughs> have to wake up with a start <laughs> because your brother's accidentally spilt some milk on you. Oh, look, look, sure. look! After look, you know, when he'd gone back to sleep, I, I, I went and got a tea bag. I slapped that on as well, a bit of hot water, a <laughs> uh, couple, couple of spoons, well, ten spoons of sugar for our Jack, and we'd, we'd sorted yeah. it. You know, <laughs> he got he got his full cup of tea in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, so I, I mean, you, we shouldn't be laughing about this. It's a terrible thing to do. <laughs> I was only... You should be looking out for your younger brother. It was a practical joke. Did he find the funny side of it? No, what, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't very practical after. There was a lot of milk to clear up. I was going to say, did it not did it not kind of go into the cushions and that sort of stuff and stink <laughs> for ages? I can't remember. Yeah. It kind of yeah. is, is over-the-top reaction that made me spill the milk. I only wanted to press the glass again. <laughs> I didn't want to purposely pour milk on his back. I was just trying to get the effect of the cold and so you go, oh, wake up, but he sort of smashed the milk out of my hand. It went everywhere, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, but you could have... Something else you could have done, so... I mean, you could have just taken a cold glass and pressed it against him. Yeah, but I, it was but, it was yeah. an in-the-moment type thing, Fisher. I didn't have time. It wasn't a prepared prank. It was just something I thought... I looked at the glass, I looked at his big back, and I thought, yes, this needs well, doing. Let's do it. So, anyway... Well, there we go. Uh, we're going well, f- to finish then with the song that I didn't use as the intro song. Um, mm-hmm. So we did Road to Nowhere, Max and Paddy, Road to Nowhere, yeah. as our Boris's Road to Nowhere thing. And mm-hmm. this is the other version that I recorded first and then decided to replace it with the Max and Paddy version. So this is the Talking okay. Heads Road to Nowhere, which isn't okay. as good, but we might as well use it because I've recorded it now. So here we go. Well, Thank you very much can, for it, listening, yeah? Yeah, it can make up for not having a celebrity sex tape this week. Exactly. So we've got two songs and stuff. We will get you another celebrity sex tape uh, in stock for, for next week. Yeah. Thank you very much. See you next week. Well, we don't know where we're going, but we all know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing while we're waiting for the vaccine. They've done the over 80s. Now we're waiting. For our turn, Boris is about to brief the nation to lead us out of lockdown. Boris's road to nowhere 
we're still sat inside. Boris's road to nowhere, no fridge to hide inside. I'm feeling okay this morning, but we still don't know what Boris will say tomorrow. Here we go, here we go.